Hey everybody, my name is Evans, I'm 28, and um, I'm a recovering Francis Coquelin addict. Um, I don't know when this addiction started, or I know that before it was too late, I just knew I was an, ed- an addict of Francis Coquelin, but when it started, uh, if you ask me, it was right around the time where, well, he broke through to the first team, the fir- the, the Arsenal first team, and it's quite a, it's quite a crazy one because everyone was championing Jack Wilshere's name. Jack Wilshere was the big bright light that came from Arsenal winning the FA Youth Cup, and to be honest, I don't blame people because. I love Jack Wilshere too. Once upon a time, I did love that guy. And I was with the majority when they said that he was going to be the future Arsenal captain. He had all the intangibles. He even had, you know, the passion. The passion, man. I don't know. I think why I love Francis Cochrane so much is because ever since Fabregas left, there kind of has been a void between the youth team and the first team, I just wanted another one, you know, I wanted another Fabregas. I know that's greedy because you don't really get another Fabregas so quick, you know, in the same lifetime, you know, in the same generation. So I got greedy. I was yearning for it. But as everyone loved Jack Wilshere, there was another guy that caught my attention and his name was Francis Coquelin because they came from the same team, the same FA Youth Cup team. They, they, they came from the same team and, I really just start to appreciate him and it's, I know it sounds crazy. It even sounds crazy to me. Me, an, an addict of Francis Coquelin. I mean, he was one of my favorite players at Arsenal. He's nowhere to be found now. I mean, he plays for Valencia right now, but, and I'm just happy to come here today and tell you my story of how I arrived at point A and how I travelled to point B to where I am right now recovering at point C. So Francis Gokling joined joined up with the first team when he was given his chance. He was playing in the League Cup games, you know, the early round games and stuff. And I just savoured every moment because you never knew when you get to see him starting a game for the first team. I just love everything about him, man. The two-footedness, the way he got stuck in, the no-nonsense bullshit that he just exuded. I loved it. I loved it. And he was French as well. I loved it, man. And then we kind of let him out, let him go on loan to Germany. And I was like, damn, man. He's never going to make it. I just thought to myself, he was never going to make it. He was never going to make it. But you know, there's something in me that didn't want to leave. And there was the last vestiges of my optimism that he would make it into the team. And then a miracle happened. Well, not a miracle. A lot of injuries happened. And Francis Cochrane was recalled back. And he started. And he started. We had a shortage of, of defensive midfielders. And, and we called him back. And he filled that void. He filled it with so much aplomb. I just loved it. And when he was starting, I was like, and everyone was, everyone roared his name after he made like a nice, nice, nice tackle. Everyone roared his name. And you know what? If it, it, 
it filled me up with so much joy that people were appreciating him the way I appreciated him. I loved it. The way he would after after committing it after committing a tackle, he would just roar into the roar into the crowds. And I would roar back. Even in the even when I was watching the games at home, I would roar back into the TV. Cause he made me roar. It just got worse from then. This is when I knew this is at this point is when I knew I was an addict. When Thierry Henry fucked around and gave him the tag of the policeman. Thierry Henry was analyzing Francis Coughlin. Thierry Henry was analyzing Francis Coughlin. Look where I came from. Look where he came from. Look where we came from. On Super Sunday, Thierry Henry took time out of his part of the segment to analyze the importance of Francis Coughlin and he called him the policeman. And it sent shivers down my back. Shivers, man. I wanted to cry. I was close to crying. I felt like a proud dad. The policeman. I would love it if he would... If he was the policeman patrolling my streets, I would feel so safe. So safe. I feel protected. I felt protected. When we were score goals, because he never did no scoring, but when we were score goals, he would kind of like detach himself from the group of the group of people that were celebrating, the group of players that were celebrating, and he'd look into the fans like, yeah, we about this boss. And I was like, oh, Francis Coughlin. But then I knew it was ridiculous because he never once scored for Arsenal. Now I even overlooked that. I over I overlooked his zero goals, his lack of assists, and I appreciated him for what he was. I mean, I came to the realization that he was a limited player. He wasn't going to be the best defensive midfielder in the world, which I hoped he would be. And now he's gone, you know? Surplus to requirements. I miss him. I miss him. So, that's my story of when I was addicted to Francis Coughlin. Um, I, I like to say I've grown from, from that. I'm a better person now. But I do want to thank him because it was happier times in my life where I just loved friends Francis Copeland. Even when I went to um to buy my Arsenal shirt and get Copeland at the back of my at the back of my shirt, the cashier looked at me like, Are you sure you, you want this name on the back of your shirt? No Santi Cazuela? No? No Mezzo Ozil? No, I didn't start. Give me Francis Coughlin, please. Thank you for listening, everyone. I'm your host, Evans, and thank you for listening to another installment of this podcast. And whether you're listening to this on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate us, review us, 
and subscribe, and unsubscribe, then subscribe again, then unsubscribe, then subscribe again. And please leave us five stars, anything less than we are inclined to think you are a hater. Look, today, I had a whole script for you. It was a, cause someone, hey, sports have been, sports have been popping, bro. Champions League back, Europa League back, Premier League back, NBA playoffs about to kick off. I had a whole script for you guys that I carefully crafted together. And I thought, you know what? This is going to be a bomb-ass show. But then I threw it away. I threw it all away. Because I feel like there was something important that I needed to bring to light. And that is that Stephen A. Smith, Stephen Anthony Smith, just got paid. So it's reported by Andrew Marchand of New York Post that Stephen A., who's currently on a $5 million per year contract with ESPN, is going to get a fucking wage hike to about 10, to about 8 to 10 million range. 8 to 10 million a year, which will make him the highest paid on-screen face that ESPN has, you know? That's going to be ESPN star, boy. And, and you know what? Stephen A has, he deserves it. He deserves to be the highest paid because that guy works hard. Even though I have a very love and hate relationship with him because the same reason why I love him is also the same reason why I hate him, you know? He's kind of like Marmite. But you know what? He's so loved. He's so loved. Like, I think his impact alone is crazy. It's, he's crazy. He's impacted the the whole the whole profession of being an analyst or on-screen presenter or whatever. He's got his own. He works hard. He's on every single show. And I'm not even exaggerating. He's on every single ESPN show. He works hard. He travels everywhere. He's at every game. Like this guy's a robot. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked if they opened him up and they saw a robotic heart, or robotic lungs, or robotic liver. Like Stephen A. Smith works hard, so he's earned. Like he's earned his dues. Like literally, you know. So he's gonna be. The, he's reportedly he's going to be the. They obviously. ESPN and are negotiating a contract with him that will make him the highest paid and obviously it's reported that it's going to be within the 8 to 10 million million dollars per year and it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy so I thought today we're going to celebrate this guy we're going to celebrate this guy he deserves it Stephen A. Smith, my guy, I swear to God, he has, I have so many memes of Stephen A. Smith, pictures and MP4 videos of Stephen A. Smith on my phone, that if someone was to ask me, yo man, events, can I see your phone? I would have to say, hold on, let me delete all this folder of Stephen A. Smith, because Stephen A. Smith is so relative to the culture. He has a huge stake in, in black culture, in meme culture, and that is, that itself is a commodity. That in itself, uh, that's that's the reason why he's getting paid. Because he's everywhere. Stephen A is everywhere. Not, and he doesn't have to be physically there to be everywhere. His face is everywhere. His memes are everywhere. He's a highlight reel. He's a highlight reel. Literally, there could be someone can do someone could be on Sports Center and do a top ten Stephen A moments of I don't know the past week, and it will be instantly funny. I'm waiting for the Stephen A documentary. I'm telling you. So yeah, I threw away everything. 
I created the whole script. And I crafted off this special episode where I'm going to celebrate his brilliance. Where I'm going to sit back. We're going to we're, we're gonna sit back. We're going to listen to some of his highlights. And we're going to laugh together. We're going to cry together. We're going to love together. Eat, pray, love. So that's the show. I'm sorry for those that came here expecting, um, I don't know, in-depth, beneath-the-surface sports stories. Man, I ain't got time for that shit, man. Stephen A just got paid. Steph Curry. Go ahead. That's five. Go ahead. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, six. Six. Go ahead. Chris Paul. Uh, Anthony Davis. When healthy, yes. Oh, so we got LeBron. We got Anthony. That's eight. We got Anthony. We got Kevin Durant. I'm making Steph Curry. I'm saying he's top Russell Westbrook. Go ahead, keep going. Blake Griffin. No. You take no. Carmelo over no. Blake Griffin? Excuse me. You're no, the one, no, huh? No, no. I would not take Carmelo over. Man, I wish you were a GM. Wait a minute. I, I would not take Carmelo over Blake Griffin because oh. Blake Griffin is younger. Who's but the better basketball player? Melo! Blake Griffin! Blake Griffin! Let me ask you a question. Postseason time. Who do you want? You want Blake Griffin or you want Melo? Blake Griffin. You, you want... You you want Blake Griffin over Melo? <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you right now. James I don't even know what to say to you right now. Well, I'm not done. Want, I'm not done. Keep going. James Harden. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man, I love this guy. I love this guy. Please never change. Never change, Stephen. I swear, oh my God. I just, it, it, this is, this is when I knew Stephen A was great, right? Because Stephen A started on first take as a guest, guest host, like a guest host. It was, it was um, Skip Bayless' show before he went, before he got signed to Fox. So Stephen A will come like, come on once a week on the show, right? And I just, like, those kind of reactions, like, what? Like that kind of reaction is what kind of had me gravitating towards him, and it picked up. Like he just that was his that was his that was his mannerism that was his language, and like I like I spoke earlier about his impact. This isn't this is his impact. I think your impact really speaks highly. Um, it's quite an indelible footprint that you left in the game when you become your own brand, you become your own language. Like you create your own language. Like people actually quote Stephen A. Smith in their everyday life. Like he's the way he he reacts so very, like he acts so offended. Like what you're saying is so is so egregious, so flagrant. And he's the one that introduced me to those words: flagrant, asinine, egregious. He invent he like he introduced me to. That's what I'm saying. He has his impacts where he has his own language out on the streets. He has his own memes like. His commodity of memes is crazy. Like, I've never seen so much anyone have a meme for every occasion. Like, sometimes, I, you know me? Like, I love memes and memes and videos and shit. Like, I love gifts. I love everything. I feel like that's how I communicate 60 to 70% of the time. And if you catch me in, like, WhatsApp or iMessage or whatever, like, your, your, our, our, our conversation folder is going to be full of gifts, memes, and videos. Cause that's just how I communicate. I'm very fluent in memes, bro. And I have a, a Stephen A video meme for every occasion. For every occasion. Can you imagine if your girl just sat you down talking about some bullshit and you react in the way Stephen A reacts? No! You take no. Carmelo over no. Blake Griffin? Excuse me. You're no. the one. No, huh? no, no. I would not take 
Carmelo over GM. I would anything. not take Carmelo over Blake Griffin because oh. Blake Griffin is younger. Who's but I'm talking about ability. Melo! Blake Griffin, let me ask you a question. Come postseason time. Who do you want? You want Blake Griffin or you want Melo? Blake Griffin. You want you you want Blake Griffin over Carmelo Anthony? You want you you wanna you wanna go to the cinema? You wanna go to the cinema? I don't even know what to say to you right now. I don't even know what to say to you right now. Like Stephen A is the gift that keeps on giving. He's just the gift that keeps on giving. He is pure entertainment value. And this is where, this is the part of the reason why I love it. But also, it's also the part of the reason why I don't like him. Because I just feel like he's all hot takes. Like, and he's all like, when I want him to be serious, I don't know. Maybe this is him being serious. But basically, I have a thing with people doubling down, right? I have a love and hate relationship with, with people that double down. I respect it but only in certain situations. I feel like if you double down and you're wrong and you've, you you fail to give yourself, you, you fail to apply accountability to yourself that you're wrong, then I hate it. When he's wrong, he never really admits it or it's very hard for him to admit when he's wrong. And this is one reason why I have with um, a lot of sports analysts or pundits because they... One week they'll say this, they'll say this, this, um, they'll say this, um, they'll have an opinion or a take that they think is fact. And then the following weekend, something happened that goes against what that happens. Like, if I say, okay, cool, Arsenal definitely going to win this game. I could put that, I could put that, put that on God, Arsenal going to win this weekend. Arsenal go ahead and lose this weekend. Next week is like, oh my gosh, like, there's no accountability that I was wrong. It's more like, well, they didn't show up. Arsenal didn't show up. Like, I didn't like that. That's like doubling down, you know, like, you were wrong. And I, I want my, I want people that, because I go, I look at you pundits and sports analysts for education. Like I learn from people. Now what you're teaching me is that you're teaching me about the game because you probably have a, a better insight into the game, a better uh, angle, vantage, vantage point into the, into the window of the game. So you show me that and you show me that and you give me your analysis and off that analysis, you, you, you. You give me like a, a reason for why Arsenal are going to lose next week. <clears throat> but then if Arsenal go ahead and lose and it's completely the opposite to what you're saying, what what just happened, then I expect you to sit, come out and say, you know what? My bad. Maybe I didn't do my due diligence properly. But no, he doubled down. I don't like people that double down over like something that were wrong. I only like people that double down when they know that despite anything, they know that they were right. You know? This is the whole doubling down thing. Stephen A is very stubborn sometimes. And I think maybe he works too hard. I think he's everywhere too much. That's that's the, the this this is me being down on Stephen A. Smith right now. Um I think he works too hard. And when you work too much, you put yourself everywhere. It's like when a computer has a CPU, right? If you have too many programs um open, the computer slows down and it's not as fast as it's not as fast as responsive as you want it because it's it split it's it splits it's it has split itself to accommodate different different programs, right? I think that's what Stephen A. Um, human and humans are different computers. Computers can carry the load. They can still maintain information. They just be slow and less responsive. Humans, we we can only focus on so many so many a finite amount of things, you know, before we just start to forget things because that's how, we can't store a lot of data in our heads. So, if a computer becomes slower slower and responsive when there has a lot of tasks to do, imagine what a human can do. And Stephen A. Smith has been well lately has he's been working a bit he's been working a bit hard. He's been everywhere a bit too much. So he's been making a bit few mistakes, right? 
but I won't hold it against him. I just want him to just be more accountable. I want all my analysts to be accountable because at the end of the day, you're my education. Like, you're teaching me about the game. You can't be teaching me the wrong things about the game, wrong morals. I, I want you to teach me about the game so I can learn from you. What I'm learning from you is that I should be stubborn when I'm wrong. I should deny, deny, deny. Like, if I'm getting accused of cheating, I'm going to deny, deny, deny until take it to my grave. Like, teach me something, bro. So this is the reason why I don't really like Stephen A. Smith sometimes. Sometimes I, I can only take him in small doses. But when he produces quality like that or quality like this. No. And I never say that. I'm I've never heard I, you say that. I am a person that believes in second chances. I think America is the land of second chances. Except for when it comes to this dude, Mr. Jabba the Hutt, you fat, slovenly, no good, lazy. Oh, come on. Yeah, that's a little strong. And listen, that's what he was with the Oakland Raiders. Darren Woodson was just sitting up here. He played for the Raiders. Ask him. Ask any member of the Oakland Raiders who played alongside this dude. This dude should be arrested for a thief for, for being a thief he stole money from the Oakland Raiders for years I'm talking 40 million dollars the dude had about seven stars did absolutely positively nothing he cashed in the money evidently used it on buying a bunch of donuts okay never gave two cents about the Oakland Raiders didn't care whether they won didn't care whether they lost constantly changed his expression the only time we saw him give a speck of effort was when he was literally caught on camera blowing his nose that's about it Broadcast. Oh, they were funny. Even the cyclists, it was not really the tip girls wearing them. It's the slimmer girls wearing them. I think it makes them look thicker. Fighter. I don't know about fighter. You fight that connoisseur. <laughs> You're now listening to the broadcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. But this is why I like Stephen A. Smith. He's not scared to talk about. He's not. He's not scared to, to go at you. Like he went. Out, he went at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, like a couple of years back, when apparently it was like a little friction and stuff between the two, and then Stephen A. Smith doubled down and said, "Listen, you don't. You don't want to make an enemy out of me, literally." But like he, he's not scared. Like like who comes at people like this? Literally, who comes at people and calls them like attacks them like this? And what what I liked about that clip is that you actually thought he was gonna like be respectful. Like he come on like a little calm tip. He was like, "Yeah, I believe in second chances. I do, man. Like he's being really humanitarian. You know, like oh yes, even they the the humanitarian. Oh, that's cute." But then he switched up. And I never say that. I'm calm. I've never heard I, you say that. I am a person that believes in second chances. I think America is the land of second chances. Switch Except up. Except for when it comes to this dude, Mr. Jabba the Hutt, you fat slovenly. It reminds me of the um the Buster Ryan's video, turning it up and but, um, touch it, bring it back, touch it, man. You see how they start that each verse, like, it's split into two. So they start off a bit slow. And then they and then Buster says switch it um turn it up and they switch the flow and they become very aggressive. That's that's what Stephen A did. It's an art. It's an art form. I swear to God, it's an art form. And I never say that. I'm I've never heard. Give it to me, Stephen A. Smith. A person that believes in second chances. I think America is the land of second chances. Turn it up. Except for when it comes to this dude, Mister Jabba the Hutt. Touch it, bring it back. 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 I love it, man. I love it. When it comes to like media and sports, the pundits, the analysts, 
they kind of like cuddled, they cuddled the players. They they cuddled them. Like some players, like you know, the, the players have a lot of protection when it comes to the media. It's very rare that you see uh, someone from the media provide like a scathing attack on the player because you don't want to. It's like the players and the media people. They share the same bed. Like the media people want to lie in the same bed as the players. So they won't do anything or they'll be very apprehensive to do something that will get them kicked out of bed. Like you don't want to nag your wife. You don't want to nag your partner, sorry, for them to just kick you out of bed. You don't want to be sleeping on the couch because she's uncomfortable. But Stephen A. Smith is different. I think over time, this is where he's smart because over time he's... Kind of like with within the year with, with the years he's gained this credibility this reputation that has also given him like a Teflon bulletproof vest like he he like he can push the boundary he can talk mad crud about a player and still be respected in the game. I think that's a real big testament to the legend of Stephen A. Smith. Do you a favor, my brother. I'm going to leave it to you because if I, if, if, if it comes out of my mouth, if it comes out of my mouth and I sit up there and I literally articulate <laughs> the stuff that this man has done since he has been the executive of the New York Knicks, I'm going to lose my mind. I ain't going to be able to do the rest of the show. I'm telling you right now, if it comes out of my mouth, I'm not going to be able to control myself because I'm barely able to right now. I'm going to try to keep my composure. A few moments later. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Stephen A has always accused people of either being on drugs, calling out people because they couldn't stay off the weed. But when he graduated to talking about accusing someone that was on crack, I knew, I knew that this guy was untouchable. I knew he was untouchable. I knew he was untouchable. And the fact that he said he was he was going to calm down, he's going to compose himself, then he comes out with... His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack! And when he said it, yeah, the whole studio went silent because it's like he went off tangent, like he went off script. Like, yo, is he allowed to say that? Yes, Stephen A's allowed to say that because he is Stephen A. Smith, the man, the myth, the fucking legend, Stephen Anthony Smith. And one thing that I think I don't know where all this comes from. Like, I think he's been hurt. I mean, he's in New York. He's from New York, so he's like a big New York fan. Is he from New York? I heard he's from Pittsburgh. I need to double check. But, so he's a big New York fan. Like, he loved the New York Knicks, New York Giants. I think, he, I don't know if he's a he's a Mets fan or a Yankees fan. I'm not too sure, but I'm sure he's one of them. I think he's a Mets fan. The Knicks have been systematic losers for a, more than a decade. And it gets to Stephen H. Look, look, I'm an Arsenal fan. I've been through 10 years of no trophies, so I understand pain and heartbreak. They always say that, girls always say that, joke around and say that, um, get other girls should date Arsenal fans because we're loyal and there's truth in that Arsenal has hurt me and I, I can't imagine the pain that New York Knicks have afflicted on Stephen A. Smith because Arsenal although we 
although we didn't win anything in 10 years, it's not like, it's not like we were like languishing in the bottom half of the table, just out of irrelevancy. Like we, we got close, we got close at times, but we were just calling it over the finish line. And I think it's the hope that kills you. With the New York Knicks, there's no hope, yet it, they still kill you. How, how could no, how could a hopeless situation still kill you? You know? And that's what Stephen A has been through. But Stephen, the reason why, the reason why, let me arrive at my destination because the reason why I went off on a tangent because Stephen A is a Knicks fan. And Knicks have repeatedly, consistently, concurrently hurt this man to the point where he just unleashes tirade after tirade, rant after rant about the New York Knicks. Now, that whole stay off the stay off the crack, he was talking about the president of the New York Knicks. Like, how Arsenal fans hate um, Stan Kroenke is how he hates Phil Jackson when he was, well, the president, the, the president or the GM, the GM of um, the New York Knicks, the general manager. I can't imagine, like, I don't know, and someone an ex Arsenal an ex Arsenal player like Tony Adams or Martin Key or Lee Dixon or Ian Wright unleashing such a tirade on um Stan Kroenke. I feel like in the media you start to be respectful. They still you have to you still have to be respectful because you don't want to burn too many bridges. But Stephen A, like I said, he's Teflon, baby. Come on, baby. He's Teflon. So you can say what the fuck he wants. So ESPN Radio, <laughs> to hell with the music right now. Oh, I man. am having a very bad day. I'm having a very bad day. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I'm pretty damn ticked off. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. And I don't know how much of this I'm going to take today. I'll be the first to admit it. I am warning y'all ahead of a time. Do not call me today. And get on my damn nerves. I'm trying to tell you something right now. ESPN's not going to stop me. Damn it. FCC Airways yes. might not stop me. I'm that Hey, you call that his own employer, I mean, bro. I'm sitting up here and it's bad enough. I wake up this morning and I grab my oatmeal, throw some almond milk in there, some cinnamon and, and, and some little bit of brown sugar, some blueberries. <laughs> and I go on first take. And while I'm on first take, <laughs> I receive... The news that the New York Knicks are open to trading Kristaps Porzingis? You have got to be kidding me. There's a lot of stuff going on, and it's all good in respective cities. It seems except New York. <laughs> I mean, my God. Hey, I just can't. I just can't take this. I just can't take it. I can't take it. This is unbelievable. I just, I, I, oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this man, he, he like, he's so passionate about the New York Knicks. Oh. I mean, I'm passionate about Arsenal, but he's so passionate that oh. New York Knicks are driving him crazy. Oh. Driving him crazy. This guy, this man was just in, trying to enjoy breakfast. And I grabbed my oatmeal, throw some almond milk in there, some cinnamon, and, and, and some little bit of brown sugar, some blueberries. Oats, almond milk. Blueberries. Imagine that like, you're just sitting down for breakfast, like, oh, like, no one can ruin bread. No one, you really, you, sh- you really can't ruin my breakfast. Oh. It's like, imagine me, I'm sitting down to Arsenal after all the fuck they done to me. And then um, I'm sitting down to breakfast and I get, and I'm watching Sky Sports News and it says that we're trying to, we're about, we're about to sell our best player. 
Oh shit, it actually did happen to us. Shout out to Robin Van Persie. <laughs> Shout out to Cesc Fabregas. <laughs> the New York Knicks are driving this man insane. And I don't know how many, how much he can take. Like, how much can he really take? It's crazy. But you know, Stephen A. Smith, he's a legend in the game. Fraudcast. We still need to um, go back to our discussion we had at the barbecue about ASAP Rookie. Oh, he was a better rapper than Drake? Yeah. That's a ridiculous notion. It's not ridiculous notion. It's a ridiculous notion. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not. I got my Raf Simmons on my feet. <laughs> You're now listening to the Fraudcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. I stumbled across this video where Stephen A. Smith was giving his take about sex. Sex, and I want the ladies to hear this loud and clear. Sex is the most important thing in a relationship until it's good. Then it doesn't matter. Before you can establish that you have a vibrant, healthy, great sexual relationship with that man, it gets in the way of everything. When you have good sex, when a man is handling his business and doing what he's supposed to do, don't you notice that suddenly her tolerance level is just a little bit more? You know, the arguments, etc. Et and it's the same thing. And it's the same thing for guys. I'm going to tell you a story real quickly because I want all the guys to get an opportunity, especially this man right here. I want to hear what he had to say after hearing this girl earlier. But I'm just telling you, I just, I had a girl and you know, I'm, I'm me personally, I, I, I'm a booty leg, I'm a booty legged hit man to the core. You don't have that. You, it's insulting that you've even approached me. Okay. <laughs> I had a girlfriend that obviously was stacked Kardashian, J-Lo, Beyonce type stack. You know what I'm saying? And we were getting into an argument a few years ago and she was living in Chicago and it was Thanksgiving. I was about to send her behind back. She ticked me off that much, but she had on a lingerie and I was in, I was in, I was, I was on the other side of the room and then she got up and, you know, she was getting on talking and running her mouth and all this stuff. Then she turned and she walked away. Her body was in the, in the bedroom, but the booty was sticking outside. <laughs> Stay with me. When I saw that it's 10 o'clock in the morning, I walked up to her and I said, it's really not that important what we were arguing about. It's not that important because I knew that by that night, because we were going to go out to the family and all this stuff, I knew by the end of that night, I wanted that. See, we were smart enough and wise enough. The difference between us and women is that she might have kept arguing until 10 o'clock that night. I knew that morning, all right, I got to work this out now and work, use all of these hours to my advantage if I want to get my hands on that tonight. Now, That's the difference. <laughs> a shout out, Dr. Phil a Stephen Anthony Smith. I just feel like today was a special day. Like your sports and your sports anchor can never talk about booty in a way that you could ever imagine. Like he was dropping facts, bro. Like he was so candid. He's a booty man, and that ass was sticking in the next room. Today was a special day. I just wanted to pay homage to Stephen A. Smith and his greatness by celebrating his best work. But. Um, <laughs> I swear I love this guy, bro. I love this guy. Never change, Stephen A. Smith. Never change. Yo, and welcome back to the broadcast. I think we did a good job celebrating the greatness of Stephen A. Smith, but now we're going to like start to close out the show 
And it's time for Explain Your Tweet. <laughs> All right, guys, you know, you know the deal. You know what time it is, man. I got my boy DJ Khaled. Another one. You know, like we're going to explain a few of my tweets from this week. And the first one is, quote, I haven't seen a rainbow in years. I don't know what that says about my life. End quote. Yo, it's true, you know. I haven't seen a rainbow in years, bro. Like, I don't I mean, it's not like I've seen rain. I've seen sun. They've coexisted. So where's the rainbow? And I don't know, like. Maybe my life is just as bleak. Maybe it's just a bleak life. Maybe the la- the fact that I haven't seen a rainbow is representative of my life right now. Like, I feel like rainbow is just so like seeing a rainbow just fills you with so much warmth. I've yet to see a double rainbow in my life. I think that's on my bucket list. But just a, oh man, I just want to see a single rainbow, man. I want to just feel that that hope return to me. You know, I think there's something nice and majestic about a rainbow, and it's so fucking weird, bro. Like I saw a video like. Which what inspired this tweet is that because I saw a video of a guy who recorded the end of a rainbow, like a whole rainbow actually. It wasn't the end; it was the whole rainbow. I was like, "Yo, that shit is lucky as fuck." And I've never, se- I haven't seen a rainbow in legit two years, and I don't know if I, if there has been a rainbow where I've been. I just haven't haven't been looking up at the sky. Um, usually when um you're in a happier place or like you're feeling good about yourself, life is good. Life is just the Lord is providing for you. Like you walk, you walk more erect. And you're more prone to look at the sky and just appreciate its beauty. And maybe you'll see like a, a rainbow. Me, I'm just like, yo, man, where's the Lord out with all my blessings, bro? I'm still looking for my blessings. I think I'm looking for my blessings on the floor and shit. Hoping I can pick up something. But I guess the blessings are in the sky. Maybe I've maybe overlooked or bypassed a rainbow. But shit, man, come back to me. I need to see a rainbow, you know? Yo, DJ Khaled. Another one. Quote, but I guess it goes along with my point of nothing magically changes after you say the right words. I do, I love you, all just lip service. Words are nothing without commitment. None of these people are even cultivating the field of commitment, end quote. Yeah, man, I went on a little tired. I was thinking like, um, I watching um, Gilmore Girls, the, the, the sequel or the 10 years after um, four-part special. And nothing changed. Like these guys were still ex- these guys were still exhibiting the same problems that they did in the original show. Lack of communication. Rory still committing adultery. Um, there was no growth, and I'm. I don't know if that's a good thing or I don't know if that's realistic. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Cause I, I mean, I think they still this TV show, but I still want realism. So I guess it is realistic that problems don't just change. And it's and it made me think that because at the end of at the end of the original series, the seventh, the last episodes in the seventh season, Luke ended up with Laura, like, and it was more like, oh, I, just, I love you, like, we, like it was like a passionate kiss, you know, the, the last kiss, and then, the, and then the screen goes face to black, and it's the end, right? Ha ha ha! So you just assume that, you just assume that they just living happily ever after. But with this four part special, it shows that no, they haven't really moved on from the problems that they exhibited before. 10 years before. So it's true. When it comes to even I do, like I, you get married to your girl. I do. It's easy to say I do, but it's harder to commit. It's easy to say I love you, but it's harder to commit. Like love and commitment are not the same thing. And I've had to learn that the, the, the hard way. I think, not, I think 
people assume that just saying I do, I love you, like your life magically changes. Like words mean nothing without action. So I didn't I it's all just lip service. I think when it comes to commitment, we need to be cultivating the fields. We need to be, what I mean by that is that if I'm, if I have my own crop of vegetables or fruits, or whatever I'm growing in the garden or in the farm, if I wanted to grow, I have to nurture it, right? Because they will not grow without nurturing it. And it's the same with commitment and love and being in a relationship. If I'm not exhibiting, if I'm not nurturing things, if I'm not nurturing my relationship, then it's not going to grow. And it's the same thing with single guys. Single guys who have been, single guys or single girls, single people who have just been fucking around hoping that the, the penny's going to drop once they find the one. And then they realize that a couple, uh, couple months or a couple years into finding the one that, yo, like, it's not really what I hoped it will pan out. Like, but if, that's what I'm saying. Things don't change after you just find the one or you just magically want to settle down. Because if you're not, if you're not practicing the practices that require, that are required to be in a monogamous relationship, then how are you going to drastically go from one to the other? If I'm, if I just eat meat and I go straight to eating vegan, it's going to be very hard for me to just go from that to that, from eating meat to vegan the next day. If I'm eating, I've been meat, eating meat for what, the whole 20 years, 28 years of my life. Even tomorrow I decide I want to be vegan. I'm going to find it really hard pressed in a couple, in a couple days or a couple weeks down the line that being vegan is actually tough. Like the, the whole lifestyle change is actually tougher than it is. So. I think we just need to be cultivating the field of what we want to do. If it's, it's just practice, man. Practice. Practice, man. We talking about practice? Yeah, we talking about practice. You just got to practice what you preach. DJ Khaled. Another one. So the last tweet is, quote, there's something about that Moise Kane celebration that I love and I can't stop watching. It's so smooth and surty. To hell with Benucci who ruined it. Kiss my teeth. End quote. Yeah, Moise Kane scored another, uh, late goal winner in um last minute against what well, the the waning minutes of Juventus versus Milan and Milan won two one. Moise Keane again scored a winner, especially a week a week after the whole racism storm when he was being racially abused by the Caligari fans. So it was crazy, like he got another goal and his celebration was just so cool, like from when he was running and he was pointing to the bars and he had this little stink face like, yo, what? You know, I'm a bad man, you know? Man, I'm a bad man, for real. And he slid and he did this little, this little dance and it was so smooth. It was like, it looked like the Wakanda dance. Like, Wakanda forever! It looked like that kind of dance. And then guess who ruined it? Because I wanted, because it, it didn't finish. It, it, like, it was almost like half done, but it was enough for, like, for me to like, yo, yearn for more. And then Benucci, the guy who said that, they said that he, the, the racism that he experienced was 50% his, his, like his fault. He's the one that ruined it. He was one that first, he was the first guy to greet him, to hug him, to thank him. Uh, I don't know what kind of poetic justice, injustice that was, but he ruined something that could have been special. I think I really wanted to see the whole celebration in all its glory. But again, Christian Benici, the fucking guy, the fucking, um, Race, racist apologist ruined it again, man. He ruined, he just ruins everything he touches right now, man. I fucking hate him. But yeah, that Moise Keane celebration, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. He's winning against AC Milan last week. The celebration was kind of cut off short, but it was so sad and so smooth. <laughs>
But yo, man, before we wrap up to uh, this very special day of um, celebrating Stephen A. Smith, we're just going to close out with some a few church announcements. Um, so I guess I'll just get through it, man. Yo, shout out to Magic Johnson. Shout out to Jamal from On My Block. That guy is carrying the whole show, season two. I think I wouldn't watch season two of On My Block if it wasn't for Jamal, who's, again, we literally have to be careful that he's not that his back is okay because he's literally been carrying that whole show and everyone else should be ashamed of themselves shout out again to Ramadan Ramsey I swear to god man like with, with every goal and every time this guy plays he just he just makes me want to miss him more and makes me question I mean I understand when we came up with the decision to sell Ramsey to Juventus or to let him go walk for free I understood it I actually understood it but with every game that I'm like fuck like I'm questioning did we actually make the right choice because he's he's playing exceptional I don't know it's like he's playing better now he knows he's leaving and I don't know what I don't know if he's trying to impress his new his his, his new team that yo this is what you got to look forward to acting like acting brand you know when you break up with your girl and then she ends up growing up and becoming more attractive and more sexy than when she was with you I feel that's what Ramsey's doing and it's hurting me I'm loving it but it's hurting me. I think he deserves a statue. Shout out to Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus for releasing that fire Old Town Road remix song. I love it. 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 Again, shout out to Moise Keen. Shout out to Ultron. Yo, I watched Age of Ultron like, the other day. Just rewatched it. And I realized that Age of Ultron is actually a film, uh, one of the Avengers films that has been really severely slept on. I think it's really, really great because Ultron himself is a very good villain. And the, his, his reasons for... His reasons for what he does in the film of being a villain is quite interesting the way he dismantles the whole perception of peace of people and, and then the people that are keeping the peace he kind of like dismantles the views and stuff and i really feel like he was a very good villain like very hollow but i liked it like i really liked it and i feel like the film was really slept on shout out to Dwayne wade and dirk Nowitzki who played the last game in the nba before retiring they both bowed out by scoring like 30 30 30, 30 plus points in their final game which is pretty good pretty dope it's the best way to sign off shout out to Kemba Walker man it's a shame that he he, he didn't he couldn't get his Charlotte Hornets into the playoffs despite dropping 40 on the night where he still needed to win everyone else should be ashamed of themselves because Kemba Walker really did all that he can by dragging his team to well, by dragging his team close to being in the playoffs so it's kind of sad that we won't see another uh, we won't see Kemba Walker in, in the off season in the postseason, sorry. Shout out to Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen dropped 40 points or 45 points. He's one of my favorite white boys in the NBA. And if you don't know his name, you will know it now. He's going to be a future MVP. Shout out to the girls that are still flying the flag or men are trash. Shout out to all the single girls who let the Zodiac signs run their lives. I hope you guys are still single, ready to mingle. We don't love you guys, man, for but yo, man, that's the end of the show. I want to thank Stephen A. Smith for being the light in my life. And wherever you listen to this on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate, subscribe. I'll catch you next week.